Okay, we are ready to get started and finish up on the book of Ezra. We got about halfway through um, a few weeks ago and then took a pause to go to Esther because that's where that book fits in on the timeline. Um, and Sherry is so much of a nerd that we have to acquiesce and stay to the timeline. So, <laughs> now I'm very appreciative to, about that because uh, books like Esther, Ruth, Job, you know, where it's uh, a little bit different and where it can fall in our Bible, you know, as opposed to how, our, how it falls chronologically, I really like and appreciate um, bringing that together as far as uh, where things happened um, chronologically speaking. Um, and just a quick side note, have either of you guys attempted the chronological readings, um, you know, the Bibles that do the chronological readings? Have y'all gone through that before? I have done it before, yeah. Okay. Do you it's like it? Is that something yeah. you appreciate? Okay. Yeah, I do like it. I think uh, after this year, it, I may give it, that a go. Yeah. Um, I, I did the one on the, the U version. <clears throat> um, you know, you can go through and just pick whatever reading you want. You can say chronological. Yeah. And it'll, it'll, and it, I didn't it puts even think the about Psalms, that one having the, which is kind of nice. Cause it puts the Psalms in where they think it probably, you know, yeah. I mean, some of them you don't know, but right. it puts things like that. that okay. Way. It's like, okay, well now, now, now we're going to read this Psalm because this has, this is David's Psalm and mm -hmm. it's in the David section. So. That's nice. really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been very intimidated by it, and so I haven't done that mm -hmm. yet. So I was just curious what y'all thought. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, just a quick mm -hmm. recap um, of where we left off in Ezra. <clears throat> so the first six chapters are actually not dealing with Ezra, um, but we've got, uh, I guess, is this the first wave, um, Sherry, mm -hmm. that's coming back from captivity? Do mm -hmm. I have that right? Under Cyrus or... Yeah. In the first six chapters, yes. Yes, right. Well, okay. Well, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> my brain. Sorry. Okay, so that, so that's we've got the first half of Ezra where um, it is. Uh, why am I drawing? Zerubbabel. Thank you. I was like, it starts with a Z. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so they are bringing kind of that first wave mm -hmm. back to Jerusalem, um, and then we had the back and forth on them stopping. And restarting and we had a couple of um, prophets come and kind of remind them to get back about the work and they did um, and so now as we're entering the second half uh, we are going to be focusing more on Ezra mm -hmm. um, and that work and so um, mm -hmm. that was something that when we were reading through or, or when I was reading through this first time I was like oh I forgot how far into the book it is before we actually see Ezra. So that was mm -hmm. kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to get started on chapter seven and we'll try to um, squeeze this into an hour or less. So we'll get rolling here. All right, so Ezra chapter seven. Now, after this, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra the son of Sariah, son of Azariah, son of Hilkiah, son of Shalom, son of Zadok, son of Ahitub, son of Amariah, son of Azariah, son of Marioth, son of Zerahiah, son of Azai, son of Bukai, son of Abishua, son of Phineas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylon 
from Babylonia. He was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses that the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all that he asked, for the hand of the Lord his God was on him. And there went up also to Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king, some of the people of Israel and some of the priests of the Levites and singers and gatekeepers and temple servants. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For on the first day of the first month, he began to go up from Babylonia. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem for the good hand of his God was on him. For Ezra set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do, do it and teach his statutes and rules in Israel. This is a copy of the letter that King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra, the priest, the scribe, a man learned in manner, matters of the commandments of the Lord and his statutes for Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, peace. And now I make a decree that any one of the people of Israel or their priests or Levites in my kingdom who freely offers to go to Jerusalem may go with you. For you are sent by the king and his seven counselors to make inquiries about <clears throat> Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of your God, which is in your hand, and also to carry the silver and the gold that the king and his counselors have freely offered to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem, with all the silver and gold that you shall find in the whole province of Babylonia, and with the freewill offerings of the people and the priests, vowed willingly for the house of their God that is in Jerusalem, with this money, then, you shall with all diligence buy bulls, rams, and lambs with their grain offerings and their drink offerings, and you shall offer them on the altar of the house of your God, that is, in Jerusalem. Whatever seems good to you and your brothers to do with the rest of the silver and gold you may do according to the will of your God. The vessels that have been given you for the service of the house of your God, you shall deliver before the God of Jerusalem, and whatever else is required for the house of your God, which it falls to you to provide, you may provide it out of the king's treasury. And I, Artaxerxes the king, make a decree to all the treasurers in the province beyond the river. Whatever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, requires of you, let it be done with all diligence, up to one hundred talents of silver, one hundred cores of wheat, one hundred baths of wine, one hundred baths of oil, and salt, without prescribing how much. Whatever is decreed by the God of heaven, let it be done in full for the house of the God of heaven, lest his wrath be against the realm of the king of his, and his sons. We also notify you that it shall not be lawful to impose tribute, custom, or toll on any one of the priests the Levites, the singers, the doorkeepers, the temple servants, or other servants of his house, of, of this house of God. And you, Ezra, according to the wisdom of your God that is in your hand, appoint magistrates and judges who may judge all the people in the province beyond the river. All those who do not know them, you shall teach. Whoever will not obey the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be strictly executed on him, whether for death or for banishment, or for conf sorry, confiscation of his goods, or for, his, for imprisonment. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our fathers, who put such a thing as this into the heart of the king, to beautify the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem, 
and who extended to me his steadfast love before the king and his counselors and before all the king's mighty officers. I took courage for the hand of the Lord my God was on me and I gathered leading men from Israel to go up with me. Okay, so we've got here the beginning of um, Ezra's kind of uh, wave, so to speak, of going back uh, to Jerusalem as well under the reign of Artaxerxes, and now this is going to be king of Persia, and that that is who are we who we were talking about in Esther, correct? Is that the it's his right son? King? His son. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Is it is it Xerxes then? Xerxes was the king um, whose queen was Esther. Okay. And Artaxerxes would be the son of. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. According to Brother Waldron. Okay. Well, hey, if Brother Waldron said it, let's go with it. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, so he's going through and. Basically, it just, it is, you know, like we get to see glimpses of these little kings, and, uh, not little kings, I don't, anyway, these kings in history, little glimpses of them. Mm-hmm. And um, this one seems to be incredibly favorable and, you know, just sending all the things. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, previously, uh, it was it was Cyrus, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. that was just so... Um, generous in all that he was giving and calling on um, others to give for this purpose. Um, and then a lot of talk of not wanting God to be um, turn his wrath upon them. And um, anyway, I just, I appreciate getting kind of a glimpse into a little bit of historical background there uh, from this passage on Ezra's. And we're going to see, I believe, we're going to see uh, later, oh no, 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 I'm confusing that with the first. Mm-hmm. But there is just a difference between when there are times when, uh, when God's people will gladly take from people who may not be, you know, on the same page religiously or whatever mm-hmm. with them, and then there's other times when it seems prudent to shun that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I help me straighten out. Is it? Is it Ezra that says, or am I getting confused with earlier, where he says, no, 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 don't send any. It is, okay, that is correct. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm on the straight path. In the next chapter. Right, in eight, yeah. yeah, Where he says, I was afraid to ask. Right, yes. Because I said that we were going to depend on God. So I didn't really want to say, hey, could you send a couple hundred soldiers for us too? Yeah. Right. Okay. Very good. All right. So, chapter seven. What have you ladies got from chapter seven? Yeah. Um, So, I really did like the parallel between this and the proclamations of Cyrus, Mm -hmm. where um, something we mentioned earlier when we were talking about that was how um, we have a pagan king recognizing God's authority in this and how he's really giving a lot of authority to Ezra to just do what needs to be done. I think the respect for God and especially for the law, because that's like why Ezra was going was to teach people the law. Mm-hmm. Um, is something that uh, we don't always see like today. Um, as much as we say that America is a Christian nation, mm-hmm. there's a lot of disrespect for mm-hmm. a lot of the things we believe. And so it's just kind of interesting to see that. 
Um, one of my favorite details was that you can't um, tax the priests because um, thinking about under the old law and stop me if I say anything wrong because mm -hmm. my knowledge of the old law and the priests specifically is not great where they would get like a portion of some of the offerings and that would be what, what they would like survive on that was their payment mm -hmm. so you can't really tax the priests they're just getting things from mm -hmm. the people they're the ones kind of taxing in mm -hmm. a way right so i thought that was just an interesting addition of hey mm -hmm. we're not going to impose tax on you we're going to impose tax on mm -hmm. everyone else but mm -hmm. still kind of in that same vein of respect mm -hmm. for god's law and how he kind of set mm -hmm. up stuff mm -hmm. okay so a couple of things um uh first um uh i think it's interesting in reading uh brother walden's take on this, um, uh, it's good that we we studied Esther where we did because this we're, we're at a point right now where the Jews are in the sweet spot mm -hmm. because of Mordecai and Esther. Uh, we saw at the end of the book of Esther that the Jews were considered a respect, highly respected group of people mm -hmm. where they were. Even though they were not in their own homeland, they were still highly respected and now we come to this and uh, uh, and Artaxerxes um, has a similar respect and not just him but all the rest of the people there um, uh, have a respect uh, have a hold the Jews in high regard mm -hmm. and so that's going to be helpful uh, for them as they go back also um, the other main thing that I wanted to pull out from this is my favorite verse in the entire book of Ezra mm -hmm. is verse 10. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Um, when we teach the little kids about Ezra, this is the, this is the verse that we always pull out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so talk about a trifecta. Study, do, teach. Those three are a perfect try. You can't do two of them mm -hmm. without the other one. And you can't do one of them without the other two. Like, study it. Great. What does that do? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Study it and do it. Still, you're not teaching it to anyone, so what good are you? Mm -hmm. um, study it and teach it, but not do it. That's called hypocrisy. Right. Um, <laughs> do it and teach it with, without studying is called false teaching. Yeah. So, um, so it really impresses me that, 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 and I think it's here for a reason, this is the thing. You study it, you do it, you teach it. Yes. In that order, mm -hmm. and all those three things together, you leave one of them out, it doesn't work. Well, and then <clears throat> not just pause to say yeah. that is such a, I mean, it, it seems like a point in passing, but that is such a powerful uh, point that you just made. The order of that mm -hmm. is also important. Um, and, and just to um, add on just just a tiny bit um, to what you're saying, all those examples that you give where someone does one or two of those, it always ends up disastrously. Um, and it is so easy to pick and choose, but it does require all three to actually be pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. Like if you leave any of those out, then that it is incomplete, mm -hmm. you know, and... And you see this all the time. And one that I don't think you mentioned is just the doing, um, which I've seen that. You know, you get very zealous, but you haven't studied. 
and you're not really teaching anyone, (laughs) but you're out there doing stuff and moving and feeling good about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, I don't don't mean to digress, but I just Mm -hmm. really appreciate that. And I think that is a very um, profound and very Mm -hmm. uh, important thing not to look over, um, not just the trifecta, Mm -hmm. but also the order in which we do those Mm -hmm. is important as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing that out. Was there anything else on seven? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to go on to eight then so that we hopefully don't run out of time. And Mm -hmm. Sherry, uh, would you mind reading? Um, And that's 36. Do you want to break it up or do you want to do the whole thing? Okay. Thank you. Chapter eight. Up here. These are the heads of their father's houses, and this is the genealogy of those who went up with me from Babylonia in the reign of Artaxerxes, king. Of the sons of Phinehas, Gershom. Of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel. Of the sons of David, Hattush. Of the sons of Shechaniah, who was one of the sons of Parosh, Zechariah, with whom we were registered, with whom were registered 150 men. Of the sons of Pehath, Moab, Eliah Hohenai, the son of Zeriah, and with him 200 men. Of the sons of Zatu, Shechaniah, the son of Jehaziel, and with him 300 men. Of the sons of Adin, Ebed, the son of Jonathan, and with him 50 men. Of the sons of Elam, Jeshiah, the son of Athaliah, and with him 70 men. Of the sons of Shephatiah, Zebediah, the son of Michael, and with him 80 men, of the sons of Joab, Obadiah, the son of Jehiel, and with him 218 men, of the sons of Bani, Shalemith, the son of Joshaphiah, and with him 160 men, of the sons of Bebai, Zechariah, the son of Bebai, and with him 28 men, of the sons of Azgag, Johanan, the son of Hakatan, and with him 110 men, of the sons of Adonikam, those who came later, their names being Elphalet, Jewel, and Shemaiah, and with them sixty men. Of the sons of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zakur, and with them seventy men. I gathered them to the river that runs to Ahava, and there we camped three days. As I reviewed the people and the priests, I found there none of the sons of Levi. Then I sent for Eleazar, Ariel, Shemaiah, El Nathan, Jerob, El Nathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, leading men, and for uh, Jorib and El Nathan, who were men of insight, and sent them to Edo, the leading man at the place uh, Casaphiah, telling them what to say to Edo and his brothers, and the temple servants at the place uh, Casaphiah, namely, to send us ministers for the house of our God. And by the good hand of our God on us, they brought us a man of discretion, the sons of uh, Malai, the son of Levi, son of Israel, namely Sherebiah with his sons and kinsmen, 18. Also Hashabiah, and with him Jeshiah, of the sons of Merari, with his kinsmen and their sons, 20. Beside 220 of the temple servants, whom David and his officials had set apart to attend the Levites. These were all mentioned by name. 
Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way, since we had told the king the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and implored our God for this, and he listened to our entreaty. Then I set apart twelve of the leading priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their kinsmen with them. <clears throat> and I weighed out to them their silver and gold and the vessels, the offering for the house of our God that the king and his counselors and his lords and all Israel their present had offered. I weighed out into their hands 650 talents of silver and silver vessels worth 200 talents and a hundred talents of gold, 20 bowls of gold worth 1,000 derricks, and two vessels of fine bright bronze as precious as gold. And I said to them, you are holy to the Lord, and the vessels are holy, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering to the Lord, the God of your fathers. Guard them and keep them until you, you weigh them before the chief priests and the Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses in Israel at Jerusalem, within the chambers of the house of the Lord. So the priests and the Levites took over the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem to the house of our God. Then we departed from the river Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and from ambushes by the way. We came to Jerusalem, and there we remained three days. On the fourth day within the house of our God, the silver and the gold and the vessels were weighed into the hands of Merimoth, the priest. <clears throat> son of Uriah, and with him was Eleazar, the son of Phinehas, and with them were the Levites, Jogbad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Binui. The, the whole was counted and weighed, and the weight of everything was recorded. At that time, those who had come from captivity, the returned exiles, offered burnt offerings to, God, to the God of Israel, twelve bulls for, it, for Israel, ninety-six rams, seventy-seven lambs, and as a sin offering, twelve male goats. All this was burnt offering to the Lord. They also delivered the king's commissions to the king's satraps and to the governors of the province beyond the river, and they aided the people and the house of God. Okay. All right, Elizabeth, I'll start with you. What did you notice in chapter 8? Yeah, so I guess um, something kind of a similar thing that I noticed in chapter 7, you can't, I can't really call it a chiasm necessarily, um, but definitely a parallel between 7 and 8 and 1 and 2, where in chapter 2 you have them recording the genealogies of people that came back, and especially with the people serving mm -hmm. in the temples, they wanted to make sure they were um, qualified by genealogy. And mm -hmm. we kind of have the same thing, where they realize none of the people that are coming back are Levites, so none of them are qualified to be priests. And it's like, hey, we need more priests. So they call them up, and I thought there was um, just another reflection of how meticulous this whole process is. And something I said a lot in the beginning is that they're, you know, actually taking this very seriously, making sure everyone is qualified, and really making sure they're doing this the right way to please God. And then the other thing that stood out to me was when they set apart the, the 12 men um, and gave them the gold and the silver objects, um, I think for a lot of people that would be kind of tempting to, you know, sneak something mm -hmm. off, but it really speaks to the, the caliber of these people, why they were so well respected, 
is that they could be trusted with this and they weren't going to sneak anything off um, and that they were, you know, conducting this in a way that would be pleasing to the Lord where the the temple would be well furnished and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I thought those were just a couple interesting things. You do kind of get lost in all the names because honestly, like none of those meant anything to me yeah. <laughs> except that I remembered some of them from chapter two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the prophet that is the son of Edo? Can you, can you pull that? I can pull it up. Um, that was the, uh, mm-hmm. of the names, that was the only that made mm-hmm. me think about. Is, right. <clears throat> that looked familiar, and I thought, that's a prophet, but I'm not pulling up who um, that is. Yeah, there's a, there's a moment. Is that Isaiah, son of, um, no. The son of Amos, right? Yeah. I only say that with knowledge because there's a kid song that goes along with that. I say, son of Amos. Anyway, while Sherry is doing our research, um, I some okay. This was also in chapter seven, and I'm noticing it again in chapter eight. And I think it's standing out to me so much because of coming out of Esther. But how many times uh, the phrase "because the hand, the good hand of our God" mm-hmm. um, is coming up, and I think, like I say, I think that's a stark thing for me out of after, after coming out of Esther, where we don't have that mention. Of God by name. Zechariah. Oh, it's Zechariah. Okay, thank you. That was just driving me crazy. I was like, uh. Now, was he one of the ones uh, that came through and reminded uh, earlier? Haggai and Zechariah. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, it fits in with the timeline that that would be the same. That that might, yeah. Yeah. Because there's more than one Edo, but. but, Right, right. And that's what I was wondering. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. am I, is this from a different timeline Mm -hmm. or would this be possibly. Mm Related. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I appreciate mm-hmm. you bringing out that. Now, Sherry, what did you have on chapter eight? Um, okay. Um, I think that it does. Um, Elizabeth was talking about um, sort of how it fits into a chiastic structure, which it does. Uh, Ezra seven and eight are kind of uh, the whole thing. The whole Ezra and Nehemiah is one, mm-hmm. but then as we see a lot, there's there's sub sub chiasms in there, substructures. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have chapter seven and eight, which uh, form a chiasm, and the, the center of it is the list of returnees. And so you have Ezra's return to Jerusalem with the Jews at, uh, as, the, at, as the first unit, and then the last unit, Ezra returns to Jerusalem with the Jews. So, so it, it talks about the return, and then at the end of it, it talks about the return, mm-hmm. what, how that they got there. Yeah. So, um, and then the next, the se- second and sixth unit are um, the king's blessings on the trip mm-hmm. and God's blessings. Uh, there are them asking for God's blessings. Then you have the gathering of the people together as the third unit and the fifth unit, and then in the middle is the the list of people. So. Um, so there, there, there is some echo at the, in, in chapter 8 of what we read in chapter 7. Um, uh, so the, basically beginning and ending with Ezra saying, okay, 
I'm returning and Ezra actually returning. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so uh, the, the, the only other thing is just, um, as we've mentioned before, the, um, the uh, Ezra mentioning that they didn't have any bodyguards with them. They didn't have any soldiers with them mm-hmm. um, because he was afraid to ask. Um, after he had said, well, God's going to be with us, so we don't really need anyone. Um, and that there normally would have been a need for that because you look at all the stuff that they took. And that was like uh, ripe for, right. you know, ambushing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, they're carrying all this stuff. Yeah. Um, not going to be easy and to hide so that. So it's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's going to they're gonna, it's gonna be obvious that they're taking a lot of uh, valuable stuff mm-hmm. back. And, um, and so it would be a great time for a thief to say, hey, this could, you know, this could work for me. Yeah. But, and, and there were, it seems like there were people that, that had an interest in that, but God didn't allow for, for whatever reason, they didn't have to defend it. So, yeah. So that's um, obviously just God's divine uh, blessing on them, on them going back. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing I had for eight is the, mm-hmm. uh, um, let me see, this is why writing it down is super helpful. Um, oh, just him calling for the fast in mm-hmm. Ahava with, you know, it just, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that pattern of, you know, before we take on some monumental task that only God mm-hmm. would be able to help us succeed in. You know this humbling of yourself mm-hmm. as a, and just the the leadership that has done that and appreciation for that um, just makes me think of Joshua and others that have made made that a priority of helping the people be sober and we're going to see this you know in the next uh, chapter mm-hmm. as well um, but helping them to see the seriousness of this is not just something flippant. Like mm-hmm. we, you, we really individually need to humble ourselves before we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, go before God and petition that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I'm just those kind of the things in my uh, own studies and readings are starting to pop out as well, and it's here too. So it's kind of covered up in scripture, the fasting and humbling that kind of thought. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Okay, uh, chapter 9, unless anybody else had anything else on chapter 8. And um, the good news, oh no, you said chapter 9. That's not the terrible one. It's 10. I'll take the terrible one. Um, All right, if you will do 9, and then I will volunteer as tribute for 10. All right, uh, Ezra chapter 9. After these things had been done, the officials approached me and said, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land, but their abominations, from the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters to be wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race has mixed itself with the peoples of the lands. And in this faithlessness, the hand of the officials and chief men have been formed officials and chief men have been has been foremost as soon as i heard this i tore my garment and my cloak and pulled hair from my head and beard and sat appalled then all who trembled at the words of the god of israel because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles 
gathered around me while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting with my garment and my cloak torn and fell upon my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord God, saying, O my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift my face to you, my God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has melted up to the heavens. From the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been given into the hand of kings of the land, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering, and to utter shame as it is today. But now, for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God to leave us a remnant and to give us a secure hold within his holy place, that our God may brighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our slavery. For we are slaves. Yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia to grant us some reviving, to set up the house of the Lord our God, to repair its ruins, and to give us protection in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, O God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants and prophets, saying, The land that you are entering to take possession of it is a land impure with the impurity of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations that have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore, do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, that you may be strong and eat the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved, and have given us such a remnant as this, Shall we break your commandments again and intermarry with the peoples who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you consumed us so that there would be no remnant nor any to escape? O Lord, the God of Israel, you are just, for we are left a remnant that has escaped as it is today. Behold, we are before you in our guilt, for none can stand before you because of this. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Sherry, you want to start us off with chapter 9? Um, just a couple of things that stand out. Um, the, the fact that Ezra offers this prayer as if he's guilty of it, mm -hmm. which he's not, right, um, stands out to me. Like, he's taking responsibility for a sin that is not his. Um, Give me your hot take on that, Sherry, because I've got thoughts but go ahead um uh, daniel does the same thing mm -hmm. um when he when he prays for them to be able to go back at the end of the 70 years um he talks about how the people had sinned and he includes himself in that group mm -hmm. um uh, uh it's like sort of guilt by association like mm -hmm. um and um i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I think it's a matter of just um, sort of the buck stops here type thing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm taking personal responsibility for this. I know that I didn't personally do this, but the people that I brought back did. And mm -hmm. I'm sort of responsible for that. And so I think it is, um, I think it's uh, profound that he does do that. Um, verse three and four, he pulls out his hair um, and uh, sits in distress while the people gather around him. So I think that it, it, it's, um, it's 
an example to the people of how you should prostrate yourself before God. Mm-hmm. And so, and that and that is that is effective because they all gather around him and they're like, oh wow, we really messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, look what Ezra's doing, and we can't comfort him unless we just take care of this problem. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also in contrast to, and it just speaks to like different personality styles, I guess, different ways of, different leadership mm-hmm. uh, characteristics. And we'll let them see Nehemiah pull out other people's hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so right. there's got to be a chiasm or something there. Uh, I, can't, I can't work it out. You haven't broken that code but, yet. But, but, but this definitely, you know, like definitely shows like a complete, you know, it, it shows to me that there's more than one way yeah. <laughs> to be a leader. And it kind of depends on your own personal, you know, sure. way of dealing with things. But, um, but just, uh, it, it, uh, it is effective to, um, as Ezra knows that he, that he's not guilty of this, mm-hmm. but um, everyone knows that he's not guilty of it. Right. Um, everyone involved, him, God, the people that see. Um, but it is um, effective, I think, for him to take responsibility and for them to see that okay we need to do something to assuage uh, Ezra's distress over this Mm -hmm. and so what do we need to do about it and they do do something about it so So here is my generic hot take Mm -hmm. um, is that so I have seen you know different different scenarios where you know, preacher will come in and, <clears throat> you know, see all the problems with this congregation, mm-hmm. you know, and there is, um, and it can, it could go both ways. You know, a congregation can say, oh, well, here's all these issues with that preacher, mm-hmm. um, where there's almost an arm's length mm-hmm. in either direction, right? But what is impressive to me are the examples of leaders in particular saying or the people who are going to who feel responsible for stopping the sin mm-hmm. that they say no this is not what we are about mm-hmm. and like you're saying even though you're not the one specifically guilty mm-hmm. it's kind of like to me and you you speak to this um to your knowledge but it's almost like my children mm-hmm. you know right. when they make poor decisions that I know we have taught them differently, mm-hmm. but they still made that poor decisions. Well, now we have a job to fix it. Is that, okay, you know? Right. And so anyway, and I just, I do, I think there is something in this example in, in Daniel and in so many others where there is a huge difference in the effectiveness of someone who steps in and says, we are God's people and we need to fix this rather mm-hmm. than well, that congregation has mm-hmm. these issues or mm-hmm. that preacher, you know, where it's mm-hmm. an arm's length thing. I don't think, to me, mm-hmm. God sets up that precedent of my church mm-hmm. as a one body. Mm-hmm. And there is not to be this, you know, like, well, that's their problem. No, mm-hmm. we're working on this together. So right. anyway, that's that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to know yeah. your your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah so, I, I agree. I agree. Well, it's, it's a... It's a and it's a it's a, a taking on a responsibility of fixing an issue that you may not have caused, but mm-hmm. but you we're all in this together. Yeah. So we need to like fix it. You yeah. know, like um, 
uh, uh, the example of Joshua comes to mind with um, uh, Achan. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't Joshua's sin. Right. It wasn't the people's sin. It was just this one guy. Mm -hmm. And but they were all supposed to fix it. Right. And so, um, you know, the first person that God comes to is Joshua. It's not Achan. Yeah. He's like, you need to figure out who it, who it is and, and you need to fix it. Yeah. And so uh, Joshua, you know, takes on the responsibility of finding out who it is mm -hmm. and, um, and talks about it as if, you know, we have sinned as a people because of this. And so we need to fix this before we can move on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same sentiment. Yeah. Well, and you've made reference to this before about, you know, just are we poor watchmen or not, mm -hmm. you know, and God's, right. God's looking at us and giving us that responsibility right. to make mm -hmm. sure we are mm -hmm. good watchmen. Like that's part of it is not just, not just ourselves, but there mm -hmm. is that interaction and that is a requirement regardless of our personality mm -hmm. differences mm -hmm. and, you know, our natural mm -hmm. bend, so to speak. Right. We yeah. still have versus, responsibility. Versus, like you said, I've been, I've 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 had experience with people in uh, a congregation where I've said directly, "This is a problem that you need to fix," mm -hmm. and it's caused a lot of damage. Yeah. And instead of saying, "Okay, yeah, we need to fix this." Um, the person said, so you're accusing me of, of all the problems in the congregation. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> so I'm just saying this is a problem. I'm not saying this is the only problem or right. this is all the problems or you're the one who's, who's you know, pro all the problems that have ever happened in this congregation are on you. I'm just saying this is a problem we need to fix it is a huge problem. Right. Yeah. And it's got to be, we've got to yeah. deal with that. Yeah. yeah that exactly. reality. Okay. Well, I don't want to get too far off and I'm sorry for um, getting us on a little bit of a rabbit no, trail, yeah. but that just, I, mm -hmm. I appreciate that thought because while, I mean, I feel like there's just, there's two parts of that and I do feel like it's very relevant present day wise um, mm -hmm. to look at, you know, while I can't pay for the sins of anyone else, I certainly am responsible as a member of a congregation to look about the rest of the, the members as my family members and mm -hmm. us be working like a family mm -hmm. and we do affect one another that way. Right. Um, so I just, I think Ezra is a good place to pull that kind mm -hmm. of thought out. So um, and before we go on to chapter 10, Elizabeth, is there anything else that you wanted to pull out from nine? Yeah, I had a couple things. So I just thought his prayer was just really um, striking in the language he uses. Um, because we had the college class did a prayer study on Wednesday nights last mm -hmm. semester, last quarter. And I thought that was, there was one lesson that I thought was really interesting because we talked about like praying candidly and expressing emotions. Because I feel like that's something that we don't always do well. Mm -hmm. Something that I know for sure mm -hmm. that I don't do well because we have... I don't know, there's this weird kind of balance of rationalism and emotionalism in the church mm -hmm. that's really hard to express, mm -hmm. um, especially in prayer life. Um, so I thought it was just a really good model of how to just kind of bear everything before God when we're asking for forgiveness. And then within that, 
I think remembering um, the former sins of the nation of Israel reminded me a lot of chapter five when they're mm-hmm. writing the king t- uh, writing a letter to whichever king it was at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, we were over in Babylon because we messed up and God punished us, but now we're heading back because God has had favor on us and on your king. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us today, that's important to study stuff like Ezra, to study the Old Testament and really kind of know what kind of sins people have fallen into before. This is why I love history because, mm-hmm. you know, you learn from the past or else you're going to repeat those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's a, it's a really good example of this where Ezra knows he studied the law. He knows intermarriage was what got us into trouble last time. We're definitely not doing it this time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. meaningful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And very quickly, I know this is, uh, <clears throat> me wimping out. I am going to read through verse 17, and I would encourage, if you are listening to this on your own, please finish out the chapter, Um, but just for sake of time to be able to go over chapter 10, I'm going to read, because I don't want to not read chapter 10, but I'm just going to go through verse 17, and then we'll uh, make commentary after that. Okay, so uh, Ezra chapter 10. While Ezra prayed and made confession, confession, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, a very great assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him out of Israel, for the people wept bitterly. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, of the sons of Elam, addressed Ezra, We have broken faith with our God and have married foreign women from the peoples of the land, But even now there is hope for Israel in spite of this. Therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all these wives and their children according to the counsel of my Lord and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God. And let it be done according to the law. Arise, for it is your task, and we are with you. Be strong and do it. Then Ezra arose and made the leading priests and Levites and all all Israel take oath that they would do so, do as had been said. So they took the oath. Then Ezra withdrew from before the house of God and went to the chamber of Jehonanan, the son of Eliashib, where he spent the night neither eating bread nor drinking water, for he was mourning over the faithful faithlessness of the exiles. And a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem to all the returned exiles, that they should assemble at Jerusalem, and that if anyone did not come within three days by order of the officials and the elders, all his property should be forfeited, and he himself banned from the congregation of the exiles. Then all the men of Judah and Benjamin Benjamin, assembled in Jerusalem within the three days. It was the ninth month on the twentieth day of the month, and all the people sat in the open square before the house of God, trembling because of this matter and because of the heavy rain. And Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have broken faith and married foreign women, and so increase the guilt of Israel. Now then, make confession to the Lord, the God of your fathers, and do his will. Separate yourselves from the people of the land and from the foreign wives. Then all the assembly answered with a loud voice, It is so, we must do as you have said. For the people are many, and it is a time of heavy rain. We cannot stand in the open. Nor is this a task for one day or for two, for we have greatly transgressed in this matter. Let our officials stand for the whole assembly. Let all in our cities who have taken foreign wives come at appointed times and with them the elders and judges of every city. 
until the fierce wrath of our God over this matter is turned away from us. Only Jonathan, the son of Asahel, and Jazei, the son of Tikva, opposed this, and Meshulam and Shevathai, the Levite, supported them. Then the returned exiles did so. As for the priests, selected men, head of fathers, houses according to their fathers' houses, each of them designated by name. On the first day of the tenth month, they sat down to examine the matter, and by the first day of the first month, they had come to the end of all the men who had married foreign women. Okay, there is a lot packed in there. Sherry, would you like to get us started? Okay. Um, I think um, uh, I agree that we don't need to read the names of all of the people, but I think it's significant that every all the people's names are written down. Yes. Because a lot of times we don't like to call people out individually. Mm-hmm. But these people were all called. It's not just the, the, the names of the, of the returned exiles that are written down. These are people to be praised and here's all these people. But here's a list of people who actually were guilty of this. Mm-hmm. And so calling him out, instead of just saying, okay, where uh, there's a bunch of people who have done this, but we're, you know, in, in the interest of, you know, privacy, we're not going to, you know, mention who they are, but they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows who they are. No, they're actually written down. And also, it impresses me that the, the people didn't just say, hey, look, let's go in out of the ring and, and settle this, and we'll, we'll figure something out later. Um, or, you know, we're all sorry, and so, you know, let everybody just sort of handle it in their own way. They actually laid out a plan, okay, and they're standing out in the rain while, while this conversation mm-hmm. is going on. Right. Um, uh, and they're saying, okay, this is, this is a big enough problem that we can't just like ask for forgiveness and move on. Mm-hmm. We have to, this is a thing that's going to take a while, mm-hmm. but here's what we're going to do. It's right. not, we're not going to just say, okay, this is a big problem. Everybody go home and fix it. Yeah. Um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to call each one of these people in front of a judge and we're going to figure out and, and, and each person is going to come and and that's what they did they didn't just say okay well this is too big of an issue and it's just too um it's just it's just too ubiquitous we can't we can't i mean it's it's everywhere mm-hmm. um we can't undo it right. uh, these people are already married they already have kids what are we going to do with the kids with it um they said okay this is what we're going to do and here's how we're going to handle it and they definitely laid out a plan for doing that before um, Ezra was was satisfied with okay right we'll do that yeah well and I to your mm-hmm. point the that what I what you expect to read of you know look it's the time of the heavy rains like let's wait till the summertime mm-hmm. when it's you know <laughs> or whatever you know let's mm-hmm. put it off to another season mm-hmm. but then saying you know okay we it is not practical mm-hmm. for us to all be out here but we are, you know, we are dedicated and to the point of, you know, this is going to take more than a day or two mm-hmm. to get this taken care of. Just their dedication to, you know, and the opposite end, we always think of, you know, 
little steps mm -hmm. to get us, you know, like it, it's going to take consistency mm -hmm. and little steps to make um, positive improvement. Well, I mean, I feel like this is such a bigger challenge because it's not just we want to make positive improvement. We've got to cut sin out, mm -hmm. and it's not going to be a one-day affair. Mm -hmm. We have got to make the small steps mm -hmm. for um, several mm -hmm. days before we mm -hmm. really rid yeah. properly. And that is, mm -hmm. I mean, and I just can't imagine. I mean, we. I don't want us to get off on a tangent on it, but mm -hmm. the ripping up of families. I mean, yeah. that is that is such a horrific thought um, but it was what was appropriate what needed to happen mm -hmm. so to fix this problem so uh, Elizabeth yeah I like the point that you made just there at the end about how yeah ripping up families is a really um, hard thing to do but that what was what was necessary because they transgressed the command of the Lord and that made me think a lot about um, like what Jesus says about when you decide to become a Christian, a lot of times, sometimes your family isn't going to be on board with it. And where we have that kind of community within the church instead of within our family. So thinking about how they, it calls them a congregation mm -hmm. in, yeah, verse 8, um, where you have to, you have to be right with God to be in this group within this congregation. And that includes being married to people you aren't supposed to be married to, especially um, is another thing that comes up within the church is like, um, un, like unbiblical divorces and marriages after that. And it's really hard when you have to call someone out like, hey, you are in an unbiblical marriage, so you gotta you gotta fix that. And I've been at a place where they've had to do that. And it's, it is difficult and it's hard to watch, but um, that's ultimately what you have to do to be right with God. So. I don't know, it doesn't always really stick in my brain and then you experience something like that and you're like, oh, that's hard. That's that's terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And especially when it's, you know, you've got the children involved. That's, mm -hmm. anyway, it's not, not a good place to be. Which, I mean, does go back to the, look, you know, especially if you are a Christian, if you profess to be a Christian, you better make really certain of what you're doing before you say I do, because mm -hmm. there could be really harsh um, difficulties to come mm -hmm. out uh, later if you are in the wrong and say in agreeing to marry someone. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just kind of a side note. But uh, any other things? I did, this there was to me chapter ten. There is so much, um, so much that penetrates personally to me in ten. Of, of of Ezra Ezra's reaction, you know the people coming and Sherry, you've already kind of alluded to this already. Of you know, look, we know it's serious. Let's go address this, you know. And but I think it probably took a reaction like that for the people to wake up and go, oh yeah, we are in trouble, you know, mm -hmm. for them to for that to dawn mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think God's there's God's purpose, you know, mm -hmm. seen through that. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, you've got um, the people not just paying, paying lip service um, and how big of a deal that is, uh, whereas in other places mm -hmm. you, they'll say, yes, we're with you. And, I mean, they're not mm -hmm. uh, right. in a matter of, you know, very short time. Um, but anyway, and I appreciate, Sherry, mm -hmm. you bringing out the list of names because... Um, 
the I feel like the good part of that is these are the people who made these bad decisions and now are dedicating themselves to fixing that fixing mm-hmm. so that is very exactly. encouraging um and and i think also what you're saying elizabeth this is it is mind-blowing to me how many people very young people are at least on their second or third marriage mm-hmm. i mean it's just incredibly common um and i hope passages like this are encouraging mm-hmm. for people in those situations that they are not the first you know, mm-hmm. to encounter something difficult mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. like that, and it can be done. So, all right, thanks, ladies. Next week is Nehemiah. Is that right? Okay. All right. We'll look forward to that.